unimpeded by Trump, the U.S. government issues dire warnings about climate change. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. The federal government released the fourth national climate assessment last week, and according to one scientist, it's the most comprehensive report in the world right now. Among the assessment's main conclusions are the following. We're living in the warmest period in modern civilization, and the climate change that's occurred in the last century is unique. There's no comparable period in the last 50 million years. Additionally, the excessive warming is due to human activity. And without swift and dramatic action to curb greenhouse gas emissions, the average global temperature could rise 5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels by the end of the century. That's far higher than the 2 degrees that the global scientific community considers extremely dangerous. The report was authored by scientists in 13 U.S. agencies in addition to some from outside. There had been worries that the Trump administration would interfere with the report's conclusions, but according to a NOAA official who spoke to the Washington Post, that did not happen with the scientific points. The report says that there's no convincing alternative explanation other than human activity for the warming that's occurred over the last century. Perhaps the most concerning part of the report warns that we may be pushing the earth toward unanticipated surprises or tipping points, and the risk of them becomes greater the faster the earth is warmed. As Mashable reports, those tipping points could reshape the planet as we know it and do it fast. Last Monday, before the climate assessment was released, the World Meteorological Organization said that the concentration of carbon dioxide in the Earth's atmosphere last year was higher than at any point in more than 800,000 years, thanks to humans and a recent strong El Nino. Cape Town, South Africa, is experiencing its third year of drought, and the metro area of almost 4 million people is preparing for severe water rationing. The city has a climate similar to Los Angeles, with a wet winter followed by a dry summer, according to the news site Earther. The area usually gets about 20 inches of rain, but this past winter it's experiencing a deficit of about a foot. It's the driest year ever since records were started in the late 70s. All water users have been told to expect rationing that could lead to cutoffs during peak times in the mornings and evenings if usage is above required levels. The premier of Western Cape Province is urging residents to conserve by restricting water use to about 23 gallons a day, meaning no more than two-minute showers, only two liters of drinking water, and only three flushes of a toilet per day. While the scientific community has not attributed the drought directly to climate change, the South African Weather Service recently reported that Cape Town and much of the country are expected to dry out as the climate warms. The Colorado River is threatened not just from global warming that may reduce its flows, but also from contaminants, including uranium and mussels. Last week, the U.S. Forest Service released a report that recommends reversing a ban on uranium mining in areas around the Grand Canyon that some say could pollute the river, threatening the water supply downstream for 25 million people. The recommendation would reverse a 20-year moratorium imposed in 2012 by the Obama administration to protect one million acres surrounding Grand Canyon National Park. Conservationists are criticizing the recommendation to open the area to mining. Amber Raimondo of the Grand Canyon Trust told the Phoenix New Times that 
because uranium contamination of groundwater can happen in a variety of ways, people are vulnerable. The Center for Biological Diversity says that past uranium mining in the region has polluted soils, watersheds, aquifers, and drinking water. The proposal to allow more uranium mining is not yet finalized, but follows Trump's executive order to eliminate restrictions on energy development. Another threat to the Colorado River are mussels, small mollusks that have already invaded Lake Powell above the Glen Canyon Dam. The governors of 19 western states are asking the federal government to prevent the spread of invasive quagga and zebra mussels through federally managed waterways. These mussels are prolific. They layer by the hundreds onto buoys, docks, and boats, requiring hot water under much pressure to remove them. They cling to boats' engines and are transported from one reservoir to another. They can impede a dam's water flow, costing millions of dollars to control. The Arizona Daily Sun reports that thousands of mussels are plastered on the walls of Glen Canyon Dam, disrupting the flow of water that provides hydroelectricity to several states, including Wyoming, Colorado, and Nebraska. The mussels feed themselves by extracting nutrients from water. A single critter can filter up to a liter of water a day, removing oxygen and food for other animals. Besides the Colorado River, the western governor are also concerned about the mussels reaching the Columbia River Basin and Lake Tahoe. And finally this week, if you hear the words Paris and carbon, your first thought might be the historic climate agreement reached by nearly 200 countries to reduce greenhouse gases. But there's another reason to pair the city of light with CO2 sparkling water. The Parisian government just unveiled a new initiative to install drinking fountains that dispense carbonated water. Eight of the Fontaine Petiont, as they're called, have already been around since 2010, but this new plan would put one in each of the city's 20 arrondissements, or neighborhoods. The fountains use city tap water with a carbonator just before the spigot, and they were installed initially as a way to encourage French people to stay hydrated. But the feedback officials received was that Parisians would drink more tap water if it were bubbly. Of course, they wanted to keep the locals healthy and happy. But there was another reason for the move. According to Lonely Planet, on average, each French person drinks 40 gallons of bottled water every year. And officials saw an opportunity to address a growing amount of plastic waste. So now we have another reason to plan a trip to the world's most effervescent city. Until next time, that's This Week in Water. This Week in Water is supported by the American Waterworks Association. Water quality experts will present the latest science and research in the field at WQTC in Portland, November 12th through 16th. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash WQTC.